Hello, friends, and welcome to the Peak City Podcast. We are your hosts. Alexis Jensen. And I am Leif Jensen. If you happen to be joining us from outside Apex, please come and visit, but be careful. You might just decide to stay. Thanks to Peak City Sound for supplying the delicious tunes. Please check them out at peakcitysound.com. Alexis, how was your day? It was pretty good. I'm here. I made it. So I'm going to be honest with you. It's a little bit weird to call you Alexis. (laughs) It it shouldn't be because you're my wife Mm -hmm. and that's your name. Yeah. But uh, I never hear that in your mouth. I know it. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try not call you honey, honey bear, because we're doggone, we're professional when we want to (laughs) be. So. I'm laughing because we really haven't seen each other except right before we yeah. got here. Mm-hmm. So About I, I, 30 seconds before we got yeah, so to been, these mics. It's been quite a yes. day. <laughs> um, so between the two of us mm-hmm. together, like, what would you say our podcast host knowledge is? If you were to add it up, maybe round it up. Uh, where, so where if I was going to round up on a scale from zero yeah. to anything, anything. I'm going to say probably a zero. Yeah, we have none. We have, we have no experience, and so experience. so we're we're gonna say slim to none, mm-hmm. leaning sure. heavy on the none, yeah, that's and good. that's rounding up. Yeah. Okay. So when we started, we asked Shane, you know, how are we gonna find our first guest? What are we gonna do? You know, we, we want to be contributors. Yeah. And, you know, and Shane said, go with what you know, stay close to home. We stay pretty close to home <laughs> with our with our first <laughs> guest, right? Yeah. As close as possible. So we're gonna be speaking to our neighbor, mm-hmm. and we are close because we take care of each other's cats. When we're on vacation, <laughs> we do. That's how close we are. Um, so, yes, we are going to be speaking with the Larry Butterton. Thank you so much for being our first guest. Thank you for being a guest in general of the podcast. We appreciate it. I'm honored to do that, but I have a question. Sure. Golly, is this a real microphone? It is. Gee whiz. So, it's funny that you say that. Now, many of you out there may know Larry as the front man for the Peak City Band. Um, he can be seen playing all over the place. And if you have not seen the Pick City Band, you should, uh, because they are phenomenal. I mean, I've never seen you, but I heard it's great. <laughs> but, no, I did see. I saw you. You were yes. kind enough to open for the opening day of the, the Farmer's Market. One of the first uh, encounters I got to have with Larry Butterton was you all offered to play for us, donated your time and talents for the Apex Farmer's Market That's right. uh, food truck rally last year, which was amazing. And not only did the food truck rally bring people, but you brought quite the crowd yourself. It was it was a dance party. It was a, it was a rock show at the food truck rally. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was hot. We were sweaty. We wore sunglasses, so we looked cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. But yeah. the band uh, itself was really into it, into it, into it, because we were doing something. We do things for charity, and we do stuff for free that we believe in. Um, Hope for Haiti, which is close to my heart, was the first one. And after that, and people said, oh, wow, thanks. And it, you know, brought them in some money. Mm-hmm. And so we were glad to do that for you, because we believe in the Apex Farmer's Market, and our new neighbors were cool. <laughs> so there. <laughs> there you go. Well, there's a number of reasons that you make a great guest for this podcast. We've, we've talked about them. There's, uh, and we're going to touch on a few of those really soon. But last night, Alexis and I were talking, and uh, she just said, you had a really neat point. You mean Honey Bear? Honey Bear, yes. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> See, it's, it just sounds right, though, right? What do you see her? Um, I can but, hear it across the street. Uh, honey Bear. <laughs> Could you please repeat for our listeners and, and Larry why you thought he was a great 
addition for us? Well, Larry, to me, represents community. And when we arrived in Apex, Larry was really one of the first faces to greet us and welcome us and bring us in. And Well, we were happy to have you across the street. Let's just cut to it. We had had some folks across the street, young renter guys, and they were flying a Confederate flag, which was not our favorite thing. And then these people move in and they're all smiley and wavy and and nice. And it was like, thanks, God. We really appreciate that. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we could answer the call then. Yeah. 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 So we're not actually here to talk too much about music, though. We want to. But there's another reason that we've asked you here. And that is because you represent, for lack of a better term, or maybe it's the perfect term, sort of a hero of Apex. We learned that you do something that a lot of people can do, but not very many people do, which is a big thing in in a community. But before we get into that, we want to learn maybe a little bit about the man, the myth, the legend. This guy named Larry. This guy named Larry. So, Larry, tell us a little bit about your backstory. Where are you from? Where were you born? How'd you get here? I was born in Portsmouth, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Uh, After the first grade, my dad got transferred and moved us to Richmond. And then right before the ninth grade, he got transferred again and moved to Raleigh. And so I kind of grew up and had a lot of formative years in Raleigh. And I hung in Raleigh for a while. I moved to Bayfield, Colorado after drifting around a bit out west. (laughs) And because I thought I wanted to be a cowboy, I found out that being a cowboy on TV and being a cowboy in reality is not the same. (laughs) <laughs> getting up at four o'clock in the morning roping those doggies <laughs> when it's snowing is not that much fun <laughs> so i hung on a ranch in colorado for a while and i came back to this area looked around and moved to apex i actually moved to friendship you know, about five miles south down wow. old number one and i lived out in friendship for 14 years and then moved into town in late 88 wow when I moved to Apex, there were 2,080 people. Wow. So I've been in Apex since 74, long before you were born, mm-hmm. little lady. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I was only three. <laughs> okay, I'm lying, podcast people. Um, so um, this weekend will be uh, 18 years since I moved into the house on Olive Street. Wow. So I cleaned out my closet yesterday, and I found clothes that had been there for 18 years. So... <laughs> I love it. So how did you settle in Apex? What was it about Apex that really resonated with you that you decided this is home? This is the place for me? Honest, Alexis, I was um, I was just looking around for a place in the country. I didn't want to live in Raleigh anymore. And Apex, you know, wow, Apex at 74 was like rural, rural, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, found this place out on the dirt road. And that's why I moved out here. Yeah. You've got a lovely wife. Pat. The greatest, the best, my best friend. Really fantastic. Um, How did you guys come to meet? Well, I was a single dad to my two daughters. Um, I was pretty much fed up with relationships, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I wanted them to know about the world. So I took Mary and Meredith to El Salvador Mm -hmm. and we were going to build houses. And we did, in fact, build houses for the poor. And down there, I met this woman from Calgary. Alberta, Canada. She said, hello, my name is Pat. I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. (laughs) And I said, hi, I'm Larry from Apex. You sure do talk funny. (laughs) And uh, 
that was in April of 01, actually April 5th of 01, and we've never looked back. So you guys really, you came together in that spirit of contribution and giving beyond yourselves yes. out in the world. And we yeah. said we got engaged in October 02, mm -hmm. and we said, well, because we like to give, because we are spiritual, not religious, mm -hmm. but we are spiritual people. If we get married, then we want to dedicate this to God, and we want to dedicate this to helping others, whatever we can do in our lives. So that's what we do. That's beautiful. Yep. That's yeah. what we do. Well, and that leads us directly into yeah. one of the main reasons we wanted to talk to you is, well, let's talk about bread. Okay. How, much <laughs> I get, how much bread am I getting for this podcast? <laughs> let's talk about it. So bread is like this. We, at first, were churchgoers, and we helped start a church that we were under the impression that it would be missions, as in going off and uh, helping the poor. And in fact, we started doing that, and we started going to El Salvador. Then we found a way to get to Haiti, so we started going to Haiti a lot. And we wouldn't just go into Port-au-Prince. We would go uh, in this very rural place called Zoranger. And we helped. What does it got to do with bread? Wait. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I'm excited. I'm okay, excited to see okay. this tie in. So we, we would go to this place called Zoranger, which was like you'd go to this place called Banay, 70 miles from Port au Prince, but it took nine hours to get there on these back roads of Haiti. And then you'd take either a bus or a large truck and you'd literally drive up the Zoranger River and go to this nondescript place. It wasn't a town. Maybe it was like a community, but no electricity, no running water. And we started building a medical center and a school there. And we got to, and wow. Pat was a nurse practitioner. So, yeah. you know, so forth. She would help with the medical needs of the community. And I would play with the kids and play harmonica. Yeah. So we really enjoyed that. And then coming back, we said, and we've done that a bunch of times, yeah. you know, seven or eight times. Yeah. And so coming back, we said, what can we do here? And somehow it came open that Panera Bread was giving away bread. And we said, okay, wow, let's do that. So that leads up to now. So for years, we've been going to Panera Bread at certain times of the month or maybe several times a month mm -hmm. and picking up their extra bread and taking it to whoever we thought needed it. For a long time, I would take it over to these Latino communities, you know, south of town, which was pretty weird because... <laughs> Here goes Mr. Whitey walking into this Latino community, and they thought, no, who is this cop? You know, I said, no cop, bro. I said, I got some bread here. And they said, no dinero. I said, no, it's not dinero. It's free. You know, take what you want. Free. Oh. So then uh, we made a lot of inroads, friendship-wise, yeah. into the Latino community. That was pretty neat. I'd like to point out really quick that when you talk about bread, so Probably the first, I don't know, month or two we were here, Larry came over and asked, like, hey, we're heading out of town. Would you mind popping over and, and picking up the bread for us? And I was like, yeah, okay, that's not a problem. And I'm thinking, like, a couple loaves a loaf? of bread. <laughs> yes, maybe a roll or two. He's so generous. <laughs> I was like, okay. Maybe I'll steal a piece. We you know? filled the back seat of our car, the trunk of our car. I had a bag at my feet, a bag on my lap. I mean, this is... An obscene amount of bread that would have otherwise gone into the trash at the end of the day. How did you know that this need 
was there? Did Panera reach out to people and offered? How did you come about finding that? You know, the truth is, Alexis, I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, somehow we just found out that Panera had something to give away. Yeah. And so we went to do it. But the basis for doing it is this. I'm a rich guy, and I don't mean money, but I mean, I'm a rich dude. I mean, I got, I'm married to this woman who's my best friend, and, and I'm not just saying that for the podcast. It's true. <laughs> I see you know? that. Yeah. Yes. I got great mm-hmm. neighbors. We're in great health. Yeah. Um, my children are doing well. Uh, wow, man, I'm in this hot blues rock and roll band, and, and it's popular. I mean, you know, wow. So I always feel like because I'm so rich, give back. Yeah. I just like, oh, let's have it all for me. Let's have more for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, man. Yep. It's like, let's give back mm-hmm. a little bit. So that's how the bread thing came yeah. about. Does that answer the yeah. question? <laughs> it's, 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 In more does. ways than one. Yeah. It's, and it's, so we have these funky neighbors across the street and they agreed to pick up the bread and we were gone somewhere. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how we do that. A lot of times, I used to just walk around the neighborhood and knock on the door and say, hey, you want some bread? And they'd go, yeah, sure, pal. You know, and then it was okay. And the Latino neighborhoods, you'd knock on the door of their place. And at first they were a little skeptical, like, who is this guy? You know, and then after a while, they'd see you come and say, the bread man is here. (laughs) (laughs) So that was terrific. And we made a lot of friends over there. And it helped break down barriers between. Anglo and Latino people, you know, poor Latino people, man, they move here and, you know, everybody's white and they speak this weird language and they think everybody's looking at them weird. And here comes this guy down the street. He's giving them free bread and it breaks down those barriers, those walls, man. So that's pretty good. Yeah. What an answer. It was perfect. You totally nailed it. So you said earlier, like you've been here since 74. Right. I think, Mm -hmm. which kind of leads us to. Another question. You said the population was just over 2000. 2080 about, when I moved here. At yeah. that time, there's been a lot of growth because of people like us that like see it and want it. And so, you know, it's a, it's a great place. Uh, you people aren't Yankees, are you? Uh, you know, I always thought we were. I always thought anyone west was a Yankee. I didn't realize, but it's it's really up north, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, that's, I'm just uh, kidding. There's a lot of northern folks here and a lot of good northern people here. And though, obviously, they weren't as weirded out by Apex as, say, Latino people or folks from another country, still, it's a different culture. You know, when I was in high school in Raleigh, there was a big influx of folks from Western New York because IBM moved here. And, you know, they were totally out of their element. And, you know, in my high school, people were Southern and uh, they just weren't used to people from other places. And those poor northern kids, man, they were like, you know, they wore black shoes. God, you, know, <laughs> you know, terrible things, uncool things like that, you know. And so the same thing happened here. And and at first, a lot of the northern folk from Jersey and New York and so forth, you know, where's the bagels? Hey, you don't know how to make pizza down here, you know, and stuff like that. But um, everyone pretty much assimilated uh, yeah. pretty well. <laughs> I, I will say our daughter came in with one fashion sense and has completely adopted a new one since she got here. She went yeah. from an urban setting to a less urban setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that we're wondering, because we're here and it, it's already grown, it continues to grow, yeah. but it's already grown. I mean, you had, I'm assuming, a period of time where the growth of the city was like 
a normal growth city, <laughs> of, you mean Apex. of Apex. Yeah. Yes, a town. What do you think, having witnessed this and, and, and watched it as Apexians? Is it Apexians or Apexers? Is it Apexians? <laughs> <laughs> Apexers. Apexers? <laughs> You're laughing Apex- at me. I don't think that's Apexians. <laughs> okay. So the Apex- question is... Apexomaniacs? Yes, that's right. Uh, the question is, what do you think, like, moving forward, are the things that we need to be conscious of in this community as it continues to grow? How do we keep breaking down those barriers? Accept all those people that seem to be weird and different. Accept them. Uh, man... When I moved to Apex, uh, Salem Street had three farmer stores, three farmer supply stores. Yeah. You could buy overalls. You could buy these big pith helmets. You could buy fresh uh, sausage from the local farmers and veggies and so forth. And there were three, man. And they were all on the same side of the street, right on the other side of the street here. There was a clothing store. And the restaurants, there were maybe one, maybe two on Salem Street. But they would always come and go. It was always, you know. Uh, Billie Jean's home cooking and all that. They never lasted. However, I knew things were changing in the it was either early or mid-90s when uh, La Rancheria came in. And, oh, wow, a Mexican restaurant in Apex. And when I remember coming downtown one night and there was a line outside of La Rancheria on a Thursday night. Wow, that to me really changed things. That was like... Something's happening here. You know? mm-hmm. What it is is very clear. People are <laughs> accepting, you know, other folks. And so it really started changing then. But I would say continue to accept folks that don't look like you, that don't talk like you. Embrace them. Bring them in and let them be apexers too, just like you are, just like I am. You know, that's what I'd say. I think that's perfect. I mean, should we just wrap? No, we have more. <laughs> that was so good, though. I did, on that note about diversity, and I guess I want to skip to your flags. So Larry has an insane amount of flags. 142. 104. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of flags. It's not, I mean, it's not all the flags, but it's a fair amount of flags, right? So I love every day Larry hangs up a different flag. And at first we started Googling it because there would be flags that we didn't know. You've hung the Oregon flag, which I felt was like a little hug from across the Norwegian. street. <laughs> Norwegian, Norwegian flag. flag yes. Uh, Isle of Man, which is Isle of Man, a share a favorite flag. flag. That's flag right um, now. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the flags. How did that start? What was your personal purpose? And then it's grown to this where now you post about it, you talk about it, people get engaged and excited about it. Like, how did this evolve and and start to where we are now? I liked flags at first because Pat and I like to travel and I wanted to get flags from places we've been. And then it started becoming like an art thing, like this flag from the mountains of Chile, Magellina. Hey, you know, which is right next to the Anarch Circle over here. And then it just kind of grew. And then we would go to places like um, Kansas. Well, Kansas, what's that? Well, Kansas is really neat. People say, Kansas, what, man? Is there another? There's a lot in Kansas. We just got back from there two weeks ago and discovered more places, a lot of weird places in Kansas. Let's fly a Kansas flag. Or um, we really like Northern California. And a California flag. And Oklahoma. Man, what do you want to fly an Oklahoma flag for? Because there's a lot of neat, 
weird things in Oklahoma. Let's fly that flag, oh, man. Um, there's some flags I don't fly. Some flags uh, of certain countries uh, sponsor true terrorism. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Don't really fly any political flags as in uh, liberal conservative. I don't do yeah. that. Um, but really, it's the art of it. And sometimes I like to fantasize about maybe people drive by and say, what's that dummy got up there today? <laughs> <laughs> we leave the dummy part out. Yeah. We, look, we look regularly. The- <laughs> I, I open our front blinds every morning and I look across the street and see mm-hmm. what you got up there. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, but every night, uh, I fly four flags a day, two in the back and two in the front. And every night, I put a new one out and take one down, you know. And um, I asked Pat about it. I said, do you think I'm crazy? And she said, yes. And <laughs> she says, but I love it, and I love the artwork in front of our house. And so that's kind of it. That's kind of the deal. I did have a neighbor lady come by, and she's all smiley and smiley. And, oh, how are you and how are the children? And, and, and What's with the flags? <laughs> so I told her. Yeah. And so that's okay. But it's absolutely true. I mean, every everywhere you go has something amazing in it. I mean, you just nailed it. I mean, every state you go to has something special in it. And, and, you know, like state. we drove across the country to come here and there's a lot of empty <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> between the West Coast and, and here. But there's also a lot of great that you just would never think to even look for. That's right. You know, um, one of our favorite things we ever did was in New Mexico. We went to Meow Wolf. Which is an amazing, crazy, like Santa Fe art experience. And my daughter and her husband just spent their fifth anniversary in Santa Fe at Mayo Wolf. Yeah, two weeks ago. And it's one of those. And we drove out to Denver to babysit. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's one of the most amazing things you'll ever see. Now, mm-hmm. like I, I mean, Santa Fe. Everyone, you know, people. Right. Santa Fe has a lot to offer. I mean, so it's. Actually, now that I look back, it's probably a pretty poor example because there's a ton to do in Santa Fe. Right. Yeah, Wolf is just a, you know what? It's not a poor example. I, but, you know, the, another thing is people ask questions. Well, what flag is that? Well, if you ask questions and if you give them a straight answer, then you get, you put new wrinkles on the brain, just like I get new wrinkles on the brain and, and you know, for learning things and you learn something new yeah. and therefore you expect expand a little bit more and maybe you'll become accepting of whoever lives in Kansas or or rural Nevada or wherever. Man, we just two weeks ago we drove to Denver and uh at about 90 miles west of Lawrence, Kansas, we got off on this back road highway 18 and we're riding along and we come to Lucas, Kansas. Well, Lucas, Kansas is kind of broken down and a lot of boarded up places. But we kept seeing these signs that said the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden. We said, oh, okay, wow, man, let's go to the Garden. So we go to this working class neighborhood, and there is this house and this place all around it with these wooden carvings of the Garden of Eden. I mean, larger than life. There's Adam, there's Eve, there's a snake, there's the apple, there's God, there's the world, there's the devil. And then you go in the yard and in this building, and there is the former owner and he's in this casket he died in 1932 and his wife's casket is under his but he is in this glass casket and you can look down at him 
And he's been there since 1932. (laughs) And you say, well, this is either creepy or weird or both. But it's there and it's in Kansas. And you learn a whole new thing. And he wanted to be laid out like that. So I'm the one that built this Garden of Eden here. And by golly, you can go in there and see him, man. He's laying there. (laughs) It's really weird. It's kind of like... Am I going to dream about this tonight? This is kind of weird, man. But, you know, you find that kind of stuff all over Kansas, all over, especially Western Kansas. I mean, what else is there to do in Kansas but be strange, you know, especially in the West? Anyway, I'm going to see if we can get this syndicated in Kansas because I feel like like we've really put in a nice plug for them. Visit Kansas. Go to Oakley, Kansas. (laughs) So we were riding around kansas two or three years ago and out in the kansas in western kansas <laughs> and uh i said okay well wow you know uh we got to find a place to stay and uh, pat google said, okay here's a here's a place <clears throat> oakley kansas the free hot breakfast motel and we said oh okay wow that sounds great let's go so we went to the free hot breakfast motel and you pull in and there's a large greyhound bus broken down flat tires and just a kind of a taped up sign that says free hot breakfast motel. We said, this is our kind of place. <laughs> so you go to this place and it's like a flat build, a, a flat roofed 60s brick building, uh, nondescript, except for <clears throat> there are these large columns right in front of the door. You have to understand this is just like flat. And on top of the columns are these, how can we say this? Golden nymphs. <clears throat> and I uh, say, oh, wow, this is a pretty neat place. <clears throat> so I say, okay. So Pat went in to do the business. So we stay in this place. And uh, she comes out and she's kind of weirded out and said, well, wh- what? You know, she said, well, first of all, the, the dog kept licking, licking my leg. Um, <laughs> but the lady behind the desk kept laughing. <laughs> All of you from North Carolina. <laughs> la 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 la. <clears throat> so they did the business, and then they, there was a kind of a pause. And Pat said, "Well, can I get the key to the room?" And the lady said, "Oh, I gave that to you five minutes ago in my mind." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what a segue would be for that. I'll be honest with you. All right. Well, <laughs> so that's why we deliver the bread. So good. And that's why. So um, we would like to give you the opportunity, if you want to, what is Peak City Band up to? Where can we see them next? Because they are too much fun to miss, and we want to give everyone the opportunity to find you. Well, thanks for that. Wow, the Peak City Band started in October of 10. We had our first gig in April 11 in Pittsburgh. And we have obviously evolved since then, but there's still three original members, including me, and the bass player and the drummer, uh, drummer Chris Kennedy and the bass player Mike Harris. But now we have the this best band. We have a, a great lead and slide guitar player that lives in Raleigh, and he's an innovator and a motivator and a bad motor scooter. And... um <laughs> And we have a great keyboard player, uh, Tom Newhauser, who lives in Cary, and he plays keyboards, and he plays sax, and he sings, and he plays lead guitar. And not only have we evolved musically, but we get along so well. And, you know, you can say, like Tom 
who's the youngest guy will say, you know, Larry, that harmonica part really sucks. And instead of you go, oh, what are you talking to me? You say, well, thanks, man, because the goal is to sound better. And the latest version of the band really got its licks right down the street when Peak of the Vine was right down the street. Mm -hmm. And at first we were going, oh, what's this place, man? Well, we made a ton of friends and people would come out. Now Peak of the Vine is over this way. And we just played at the new place for the first time, March 23rd, and the joint was jammed. I mean, it was packed. It was great. And we have, we got 700 on the email list and a website and a Facebook site and so forth and so on. Last weekend, we played at the second anniversary of the Jordan Lake Brewing Company, which is in Cary. Uh, off of Chatham Street and Cary. The place was packed. We had a great time. They didn't want to let us go. I'm not boasting, oh, yeah, we're the best in the world. We're not. But we do have a great time, and we really do care about the audience. It's jump up and down, and it's sweaty. And I think that most of the mistakes we make, the audience that has noticed, we make them. So we have to go over, and you probably heard us rehearsing last night, the same song over and over and over. <laughs> We do get to hear you guys rehearsing. It's yes. We open the door. So yeah, we do. Oh, that's we great. We let it come in. We let it come in. It's we them listen. again. Ah! <laughs> I don't know. Um, the next time we are playing will be at Brewprint Brewery in Apex. Mm-hmm. Apex is yep. Brewery yep. on May 4th. On May 11th, we'll be back at the corner Beer Garten. That's Beer Garten as in German. Beer Garten. Uh, in Fuquay. Uh, then we are back on june 8th at um peak of the vine and then on june 21st we are the headlining band in downtown smithfield and we're playing right in the middle of town but we just we love what we do it's not just like oh man we got to go to these people at night and i'd really rather stay and watch tv it's not that everybody's into it into it into it yeah so come see the band it's a lot of fun absolutely we'll put the website for the Peak City Band on our Facebook page. Hot dog. Mm-hmm. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> That's great. And oh. sign up for the newsletters. Larry sends great newsletters. Well, it's with an amazing the, amount of emojis, yes, by the way. An intimidating uh, amount it, of it emojis. It is intimidating. Uh, it's, it's too impressive. many. It's too uh, many emojis. And, uh, you've got your harmonica there. Shocking. What's that doing Where here? Where did that come from? <laughs> we would love to hear a little something. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm a little shy, but you know. <laughs> This is just a little bit of a song by Elmore James from Ebenezer, Mississippi. Elmore James died in 1963, but he was a great blues guy. He played a great slide guitar. This is It Hurts Me Too. Gosh, I get two microphones. Hot dog. your mind cause the man you love in hurt you all the time when things go wrong so wrong with you it hurts me too <laughs> 
You said you love another, but I love you. But you hang around him and you stick like glue. When things go wrong, so wrong with you, it hurts me too. That's the short version. Thanks. Don't take our microphone again. That was fantastic. You know, I I don't want to prolong. It's just one of the things that's been really neat around here is I didn't realize how much music was was in North Carolina. Um, I grew up through a weird kind of little run where I loved Nina Simone, but I never like learned about Nina Simone, you know, and I had no idea she was from North Carolina. Right. Like, and then you start to look into it and there's just so much music from this area that, that is special and it's, and it's good. Do you guys like kind of like tap into that North Carolina vibe with your music? Like, do you, is there anyone like in North Carolina that you just look at and like, this is, this is the place. Some members of the band do. I would say no, not me, not right. regionally. Uh, I am a junkie for music. You've seen my house. And um, it's impressive. Everybody. I love this blues and I like, <clears throat> I love rhythm and blues, especially Southern rhythms, rhythm and blues from like Memphis, Otis Redding, and all that. But what I really listen to is classical quartets and early 60s jazz. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just love it, you know. Yeah. But Man, I'm listening to a lot of stuff. I was listening to um, a guy named Yeramuzi last night, who is a classical conductor from Japan. He plays all this weird Japanese Buddhist music, but it's great stuff. And I would urge our listeners, I know what you like. I know you like your rock and roll, or you might like your jazz, or you might like your blues, but don't restrict yourself. Man, there is a ton of great stuff out there. And you say... Classical. Oh, I just can't stand that. Listen, listen. We went to see Pat and I went to see. I was really on this classical quartet kick. So in uh, must have been November, uh, we went to see the Jack J A C K quartet. They're out of New York City, but they're they had this resonance at Duke, and they were playing at this. Um, place called the Durham Fruit and Produce Company, which is not that. It's just kind of like a warehouse in downtown Durham. It's an art place. But they have little concerts there. So we walk in this room, and there's four sets of seats, about 20 seats, 25 seats in each set, placed four, 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 and in the middle of four seats for the quartet. So before we said, okay, this is going to be great. So the This guy comes out and he says, now, before the quartet comes out, uh, if you have to go to the bathroom, please do, because this concert will be held in total darkness. And everybody said, what? And so so everybody went and peed. And then uh, they came back and we were sitting like on the front row of one of the four sets. And then the young men came out and they were dressed in black. Uh, and then nice looking uh, young guys and they sat down 
And then they turned off the lights. And I mean, there were no exit signs. There was no light under the doors. It was like this dark. Like when you open your eyes, it was still that dark. You know, and like I could not see Pat or the guy next to me. Like you could not, if you did your hand like this, you couldn't see it. It was like total black. Close your eyes, open your eyes. It didn't matter. So these guys started playing, and they didn't play like Bach or Beethoven. It was, I guess it was like progressive classical, but it was great. And at first, your ears are going, wow, this sounds good. But then the music became peripheral, and you started having all these positive thoughts, and then all these colors come in your eyes, and we'd only had a beer. But it was, <laughs> uh, but still, it was like, and then you'd go back into the music and all that. And, and then suddenly they quit and say, wow, man, what, what do you quit for? This was great. It was only been 15 minutes. It had been 45 minutes, wow. but you're, you didn't have any eyes, you know? Um, and I say, if you can find things like that or the weirdest things, even stuff you'll say, yeah, I'd never like check it out because I mean, it took me 20 years to understand John Coltrane. I thought, what is this crap? Anyway, now it's like, wow. You so know. you do get to understand John Coltrane at some point. Well, that, except for very saying? late 60s. I was, I'm All still right. working on that. I um, didn't think that that was ever. I don't know. I know. It, it, it is kind of wiggy at the very end. But on the other hand, I used to think. Louis Armstrong was the most, what is, oh man, used to listen to Louis Armstrong, man, I, man, Louis Armstrong was a genius, mm -hmm. but just check out uh, Ken Burns' jazz series. Ass, yes. Wow. I'll lend it to you. <laughs> okay. It's nine discs. It's I love great. It. I love it. My weakness is Antonio Carlos Jobim. Oh, yeah, I yes. love it. I love it. It's just like the most, like, it's like each album's like like 30 minutes long, you know, and it's right. just, but it's fun and it just feels good right. through the whole thing. And that's, yeah. And there's so much for me to learn. I, I'm not a rap guy. I was never a disco guy. I'm just saying my brain just doesn't get it yet, you know, but you know, there's time, you know, we could just hear you with some disco in, you know, 10 years. We might open our window and that's what's flooding <laughs> from your, from your window. You never know. Is, it, is know she wearing high heel purple shoes and <laughs> yeah. tight pants? You never wow. know. There's time. There's still time <laughs> to discover disco. Thank you all for letting me be here. Yes. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. For you. Coming. Yeah. Thank you so much for just, doing this with us but but also just doing it with the podcast in general because it, it was neat we started with an agenda and uh we really just got to kind of have a conversation with a neighbor which is even better than an agenda oh, so, Thanks, so thank you very much all right uh thank you again to mr larry butterton for being our guest it was fantastic i am Leif jensen I'm Alexis Jensen. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you love to listen. I think we are on most of them, but if not, please let us know and we'll get there. Also, keep your eyes open for our new website to be launched next month where you will find more of us along with more opportunities to connect and engage. Thanks for listening.